Hey, church, let's stand together. Great to see you all this morning. Psalm 95.1 says, Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let's lift our voices to him this morning. Do what only you can do.
morning. We're going to do something a little different this morning. We're going to pray Psalm 90. So if you'll pray with me. It says, Lord, you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations. Before the mountains were born or before you brought forth the whole world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You turn people back to dust, saying, return to dust, you mortals. A thousand years in your sight are like a day that has just gone by, or like a watch in the night. Yet you sweep people away in the sleep of death. They are like the new grass of the morning. In the morning it springs up new, but by evening it is dry and withered. Satisfy us in the morning with your unfailing love, God, that we may sing for joy and be glad all our days. Make us glad for as many days as we have been afflicted, for as many years as we have seen trouble. May your deeds be shown to your servants, your splendor to their children, and may the favor of the Lord our God rest on us. Establish the work of our hands, God. Yes, establish the work of our hands. Amen. How's everybody doing this morning? Hello, online peeps. Hope everybody's doing good. Oh, if you would take just a moment, and online, if you would share this feed right now, because even though we're socially distant in a lot of areas, we can reach more people through this media than ever before. So share it, and I'm glad you guys are here online, and I'm glad all of you are here today. Uh, my name is Chris Neal. I'm the associate pastor here at Grace, and I'm humbled and honored to get to be uh, given this message today. Uh, my lovely wife, Katie, she does the Connect ministry here, and we talk about this a lot. Like, we are really humbled and honored to get to be a part of what's going on at Grace, and we try our best not to take this for granted, and we are so thankful that God has just let us be a part of all this cool and amazing stuff. So, I would like to start out our psalm series. First, I start out with reading a psalm. So, if you're at a point in your life and sometimes you don't even know what to pray, like you don't know what to say to God, you're not sure, just start going through the book of Psalms. That's people crying out, just giving their whole hearts to God. And they're angry, and they're happy, and they're sad. And I guarantee you, if you're looking through there, you're going to find something that resonates with whatever point of life you're in right now. And so I want to start out this morning with our psalm series like this. So how many of you have a drawer at your house that looks something like this? But you don't have one of these. This is in case of emergency, break glass. This is our junk drawer. It does open up Amazon packages really well. But if we're in trouble, I don't know how we're going to get it from the car. But anyway, um, I mean, just all kinds of stuff. Maybe you have some eggs from who knows when this was made. But I don't think Skittles ever go bad, so that's good. Some, some old leg parts. Many of you probably don't have stuff like this. And, but but you, <laughs> like you just never know what you're going to find. But we all have a junk drawer. Does anybody here uh, are not, or anybody online not have a junk drawer? Because you would be asked to kindly leave. That's what we would do. But, <laughs> and so every, every now and then your junk drawer just gets too junky, doesn't it? And so somebody in the house is going to clean it out. At our house, that's my lovely wife, Katie. And so she decided she was going to clean out the junk drawer. And the very first thing she pulled out, and she's like, what do we have this for anyway? And I was like, that is the RCA adapter to our Nintendo Wii. <laughs> and all of a sudden, this thing that had no meaning or no purpose to her, all of a sudden, this thing that had no meaning or no purpose, became like it, it took on meaning and purpose because she knew what it was for. Like, I knew this cable had a purpose. She didn't know what I was talking about because she's a millennial, but I knew this cord had a purpose. And then she, she wanted to throw this technology away. Like, this is never going to be useful again. Like, no way. And so then we had this conversation and we played this game that I like to call Some is Trash and Some is Keep. Okay, mainly I call it that because she's kind of a grammar geek and it meant that phrase messes with her. But so we go through this drawer and we play this game, some is trash and some is keep. So she would pull out an item and, and she would show me the item and we'd talk about its value and its purpose and whether or not it had any meaning to us at this point in our lives. It was a deep conversation. I know we're done. But we decided whether or not we want to keep this stuff. And if it was something that was useful and something that we needed in our life, then we kept it. If it was something that we didn't need and it wasn't useful in our life, 
and we trashed it. But the moral of the junk drawer story is this. Because there are some things in our lives that we need to trash. Like there's some stuff in our life that we need to get rid of. And there's some stuff in our life I need to keep. And throughout this psalm series, Tommy has referred to these things we need to trash or get rid of as these Plato gods that we carry around with us, these little idols. But the main point for today is this, is there is some stuff in our lives that we need to trash. And so we're going to use this junk drawer idea. We're going to go through the Psalm 90 with Moses. And throughout this psalm series, though, we've seen some neat characteristics of God, right? We've seen that God is sovereign. We've seen that God is holy. We've seen that God is 100% just and that God is 100% love. And we are only like a fraction of a percent love and we are only a fraction of a percent just. And it's been challenging on some of these things. At least it has been for me. But today we're going to use one of the oldest psalms ever written, written by Moses, and to my knowledge, it's the only psalm that's in the book of Psalms that Moses wrote. And so, and Moses, he does have an interesting story. I'll give you a little backstory on Moses. Moses was adopted in the Pharaoh's household. And so Moses, he lived in this opulence and luxury, like he could take money with his adopted dad's face on it and go buy stuff. I mean, how cool would that be? You just need more money? Get some money with your dad's step or with your adopted dad's face on it and go buy whatever you want. Like he had the latest stone tablets and all the stuff you could ever want. And all the while, his Hebrew brothers and sisters, they're suffering. Like they're in slavery. They're in bondage. And even eventually, Moses, he starts to notice this injustice that his people are suffering from. And we also need to realize this about Moses because at this point in Moses' story, like we can read and know how the story is going to go. But Moses didn't know how his story was going to end. He didn't know his purpose. Like he just saw an injustice and he decides he's going to take a stand against what he saw as an injustice. But for Moses to move forward with his new life, he has to give up some things in his old life. And so Moses, he chose to go and work in slavery and poverty with his Hebrew people, the Israelites. But right off the bat, Moses kind of messes up. He gets in a fight with one of Pharaoh's guards, and he ends up killing the guard. And so then Moses runs off into the desert. And for the next 40 years, Moses is in the desert. And Moses becomes a shepherd, and he shepherds sheep. Say that five times fast. But he starts shepherding these sheep. And for 40 years, he did this. Talk about some slow days. You wake up, you get your herd, you drive them out to wherever they're going to eat for the day. You sit there and you watch the sun go across the sky. Nightfall comes, you round up your herd, you take them back. The next day you get up and you do it all again. I mean, there's some slow days. Trust me, I used to be a professional goat farmer. Believe it or not, I was. Hashtag goat farmer. But I used to be like this professional goat farmer. And, and trust me, it's not as lucrative or as, or as like fun as you'd think it would be. And it, it was a real high point in my marriage with Katie also. <laughs> <laughs> but at some point, you would have to assume, like Moses, like I did, that we would think back to a time when we had more money and less stuff on our feet. But Moses, he's sitting there. You would have to assume at some point he's sitting there and he's thinking about when he lived in the palace, when he had the best of the best, when he had like Kool-Aid coming out of the water fountain kind of life. And that's crazy, right? But he had the best of the best. And at some point, Moses has to wonder, like, have I made a mistake? Have I made the wrong choice? Did I trash the wrong things? And then Moses, he has this burning bush encounter with God in Exodus 3, verses 4 through 8, where we pick up his story. So when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush. So this is Moses going over to see the burning bush. Moses, Moses, and Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. For the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of, I the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to even look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about them and their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. 
the home of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. All the ites were there. So in this conversation, in this encounter with God, God reveals some things to Moses that we've kind of learned throughout this psalm series. And so the first thing we see is that Moses encounters God, and God says, take off your sandals because God is, he's holy. And then God says, I have witnessed the injustice of my people, and I care about them because God is 100% just. And God says, I care about them, and I'm going to rescue them, and I love them because God is also 100% loving. And then later on in the story, we see that God is 100% sovereign as well. Moses, or Exodus 3, 13 through 15. Moses said to God, suppose I do go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they asked me, what is, the, what is his name? Then what shall I call them? What shall I tell them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. I love that part. I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say to the Israelites this, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. The name you shall call me from generation to generation. And so in this encounter, we see Moses learns again that God is his provider and his sustainer, that God is everywhere and that God is all powerful. That God is, is the name that we will call on, that Moses will call on from generation to generation. And so Moses, he decides to set some things aside in his life again. Like and he turns away from these shepherding sheep, he starts shepherding people. Shepherding people is a tricky thing, especially when they're in a desert for several years. Like they start to question your leadership, they start to complain, they might grumble a little bit. That never happens here, but I've heard it happens other places. <laughs> And so Moses, he gets to the point where he's really frustrated with his life. Like, like he's trying to live out his God-given purpose. He's trying to do his best and lead the Israelites where God wants them to go. But he's stuck. They're wandering around the desert now for several years. And Moses is at the point where he's finally had enough, man. And he sits down and he writes this psalm. And so this is the, when the psalm is believed to have been written. And this is kind of the, the circumstances when Moses writes this psalm. It's one of the oldest psalms ever written. So, Lord, you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations. Before the mountains were born or before you brought forth the whole world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You turn people back to dust, saying, return to dust, you mortals. Is that not like the most Gandalf saying in the whole entire Bible? A thousand years in your sight are like a day that has just gone by, or like a watch, which a watch is three hours in the night or during the day. Yet you sweep people away in the sleep of death. They are like new grass of the morning. In the morning it springs up new, but by evening it is dry and withered. And so Moses is kind of crying out to God in this psalm, and he's having a talk with God. But again, he acknowledges that God is powerful, that God is sovereign, that God is just, that God is righteous. And then we see God, then we see Moses reveal this new characteristic that we're going to learn today, that God is everlasting. And so I want to look at this everlasting characteristic of God that Moses points out to us. Let's look at 92 again. Psalm 90, verse 2. It says, before the mountains were born, or you brought forth the whole world, from everlasting to everlasting, you were God. There's no bookends on God. Like he always was and he always will be. God is forever. Like God is everlasting. God is eternal. And I think this causes like this crazy tension in us when we start thinking about stuff like this. That we really start thinking that God really is everlasting. Like, and then we start thinking to whatever extent we can kind of rationalize this stuff, that this eternal nature of God and that his kingdom goes on forever because it's eternal and it challenges us because then we become acutely aware of like how fleeting our life is here on earth. And then Moses goes on to say this about our fleeting lives in verse 12. He says, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. 
And so Moses is saying, God, teach us to, to like really number our days because this life is brief. It's a vapor. It's like grass that dries up and withers away. Teach us to live as if our days really are numbered, God. Help us to make wise choices, God, with the time that we do have on this earth. And I think there comes this point where, where many of us, we start thinking about this and, and we come to terms with the fact that our days are numbered and that this isn't our forever home and, and, that, and that we really kind of start to question, like we become like struck almost with this, with this challenging inconsistency that rises up within us. Because if God is everlasting, but we're here today and gone tomorrow like the grass that withers away, then what's the point of all this? Like, why am I here, God? Like, why does it even matter? And it's almost as if we go up to a jumbled up drawer of our life and we start pulling out this stuff and we start debating what really matters and, and what really means the most to us. And then at some point, we find ourselves inside this drawer and we pull ourselves out and we hold ourselves up to God and we're like, what is the point of this life? Like, what is the point of this short life? God, like, why am I here? What was I created for, God? And when we start seeing God in this context, man, it gives our life this, this new meaning and this new purpose because now we are, we are at least challenged or we start to believe that, man, maybe this everlasting God does have more for me in this life. And then when we see God in this context, we start to believe that maybe, just maybe God does have, have a purpose for me in this life. Maybe the everlasting God really does have a purpose for me and you in this life. Because man, the older I get, the faster time seems to go by. Because you're only going to be 20 once. You're only going to be 30 once. You're going to be 39 like three times. And people start to catch on be 50 for a while but man the, the longer like the older I get the more I see this this time just going by so fast and I really feel like this everlasting God that Moses is talking about has found me like he found me in the junk drawer of my life and he pulled me out and he gave my life purpose and meaning and I want that for all of you. And I really believe that some days I do live as if my days are numbered here on this earth. And when I do that, man, my life is better. My family's lives are better. My kids' lives are better. Like all of your lives are hopefully, hopefully better when Katie and I decide to live like this. And I want that for all of you. Don't get me wrong. I'm not perfect. Hashtag not perfect for sure. But, but I really feel like the everlasting God that Moses has talked about, that Moses found when all these idols were around him, but Moses chose God. And this God that I feel like I have found, man, has given my life this everlasting purpose. And so if you remember when we started this message, we talked about this junk drawer and how you kind of go through it and, and see what you want to trash and see what you want to keep and see what has meaning and see what has purpose. But the truth is, like, in our, in our lives, like, there are some things in our life that we need to trash. There are some things in our life that we got to get rid of. Like, there's some spaces and places in our life where we need to move some stuff out so we can make room for these eternal things that God has for us. He has something for each and every person here. He really does. And so to help us evaluate all this, you can get one of these cards on your way out. I like to call it the trash it or keep it card. And so you can get one of these cards when you go out. And I didn't want to hand them out today in here because I really think you should seek the card out. Okay, so first you seek this card out and then you're challenged to fill this card out. And then I challenge you to write down all your answers and then find Katie and give them to her because she loves that kind of stuff. No, not really. <laughs> but find somebody to share your answers with. Okay, find somebody to share your answers with. And you're going to see these symbols on the card, and there'll be some lines for you to write something down. And so you're going to see an addition sign, a plus sign, whatever you want to call it. But man, if you are a student or if you're if you have a spouse, I dare you to start writing these down and share them with each other. Or if you're a student, find somebody that you trust, a, a peer or somebody that you really trust or, or somebody that you feel like you can share your answers with. It will make a difference. If you're a single person, find somebody you trust to share these answers with. And so the plus sign says, like, what do I need to add to my life? Or who do I need to add to my life? 
What or who do I need to add to my life in order to live as if my days are numbered? If I really start to believe that God is everlasting, then what or who do I need to add to my life? And the subtraction sign is just that. Who do I need to subtract from my life? Like what or who should I subtract from my life? If I really believe that my days are numbered and that God is everlasting, if you're single, maybe it's a person that you need to get rid of. Like when you guys get together, you're just toxic. You make bad decisions. You end up in bad places and you're not bad people. But you know it and they know it like it's time. Or maybe there's a couple or something. I don't know, but you know. And then there's the greater than sign. So what do I need to spend a greater amount of time doing? Is it, is it more time praying? Is it more time reading my Bible? Is it more time, like, in small, I don't know, in small groups, whatever it is. If you're a single person, maybe it's preparing for your single person life, whatever that looks like to you or whatever you think it looks like. Like, you've got to be the person now that you want to be later. Or at least you've got to start working in that direction. And the last one's the less than sign. So what do I need to spend less time doing? And so we helped this lady move the other day, and she had like five TVs. There was only four people in the house. I mean, I'm not saying you got to get rid of your TVs, and you gotta, but how many days has it been since you've been in the house and the TV hasn't been on? And I'm not saying you got to cancel your Netflix subscription or any of that stuff, but how long has it been since you've been in the house and all that stuff hasn't been on? Like maybe you need to spend less time doing that and more time like plugging in the family and and stuff. It's up to you. Like, but if you start praying about this stuff, God will reveal it to you. And if you're in a small group right now, I, I think that's one of the greatest places to start is take these group cards, the small group, and start there. Like, share your answers and then hold each other accountable. But you got to get the card on the way out if you want to, or you can do nothing. <laughs> you got to write it down, then you got to share it. That's how you complete the circle. That's how you live as if your days are numbered because this will change your life. This will change your time. And when you change your time, you change your life. I mean, this is like how you can gain a heart of wisdom. This is how you can start living as if your days really are limited. This is how you can start limiting what you do with your limited time. And it just so happens, I got something you can add to your life. You knew I would, right? <laughs> but really, this, this book is a really good book. It's a great book. It's about making disciples, okay? And all of you are at some point, like, on this path to make disciples, hopefully. Or you're at least exploring and thinking about, man, maybe God does have more for me to do at this point in time. But this book, this Multiply book, is going to train us and teach us first how to be a good disciple. And then it's going to train us and teach us how to follow Jesus. And it's going to train us and teach us how to make more disciples, and I believe this is what the everlasting God has for all of us to do right now at Grace Church. And I believe that when you get in this community of believers and searchers and seekers, that this is going to be a great first step in helping you really see this characteristic of God, that he really is everlasting. And so the books are going to be for sale. When you walk out the door today, you can buy them there. You can buy these books online. You can sign up for a group today, or you can sign up online. It's super easy. You can sign up for in-person groups, or you can sign up for online groups. I mean, we got just about everything that we could do to help you get involved with this next season of what we're doing here at Grace. This is a whole church movement. But I really feel like over the past year, I've seen more people start prioritizing these eternal things. Maybe for the first time in a long time, maybe for the first time ever, but I've seen them like make these eternal things a priority in their lives. Like I've seen people that are really worshiping God with their entire lives. And I want that for all of you. So band, you guys can come back on up. So we're going to sing this song called the blessing song to close this thing out. And, and then this song, we're going to say amen a bunch, like a lot. Okay, and I want you to know what amen means. So amen means when you say amen, you're saying, God, make it so. Or you're saying, may it be so in my life, God. So when you're saying amen, you're saying, God, make it so, or may it be so in my life. And I want to challenge you today when you're singing this song and you're thinking about something that maybe God wants you to add to your life. When you start thinking about this thing or this person that God wants you to add to your life or this group that you think God wants you to add to your life, I want you to say amen. God, make it so in my life. 
And then when you get to the subtraction part, like who do I need to subtract from my life? And this person in your life, maybe it's a person, maybe, I don't know. But this person is toxic and you know it and they know it. And I want you to say, I want to subtract this person from my life for this season of my life. And I want you to say, amen, God, make it so in my life. Or what I need to spend a greater amount of time doing with this new season. Is it more time with God? Is it more time? I don't know. But you know, God knows. And then finally, what do I need to spend less time doing? And then during this song, when you say amen, put those words in your mind and say, God, make it so. God, may it be so in my life. Amen? All right, let's pray. God, we just love you. God, and we thank you. And we praise you. From generation to generation, God, you're timeless, you're unchanging. And I just believe, God, that there is somebody here that, that is on the edge, God, of, of something new and unique and, and more purpose and more meaning. God, I pray you give these people the courage and the people online to, to fill this card out and then share it with somebody they trust. God, I pray you would give them the courage to fill this card out. The areas in their life they need to like trash some things and get rid of some things. And the areas in their life where they need to keep some things, God. But I pray you'd help them to fill this card out. I pray you give them the courage to maybe think about a group getting out of their comfort zone, God. This is a crazy time in a crazy world. But God, you have something for every person in this room here today. And I really believe that. So God, do what only you can do. We just pray you would move. Make it so, God. Make it so.
That is just a beautiful song. So hopefully, when you said amen, you were saying, God, make some things so in my life. God, make it so in my life. And another prayer for my message and this message today is this. Some of you are going to buy the book. Some of you are going to sign up for a group. But then guess what you actually have to do? You got to read the book and you got to go to group. Or else, I don't know what we're doing here. But anyway, I also pray you get this card because I believe this will make a difference in your life. But I also think that in a year from now or whatever, in a couple years from now, like you open your junk drawer at your house and this book is in it. And you start thinking, man, what might have been? We love you guys online. We love you guys at Grace. Thank you very much.